The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Through a mix of solo and interview episodes, I want to showcase all the different ways the spirit world helps guide our daily lives, whether it's through intuition, signs, mediumship, channeling, the mystical, or the paranormal, our altruistic spirit guides and other members of our loving soul team are always there, ready, able, and willing to guide us. My guest today is Nikki Ojeda, also known as Tatiara in the mystical circles. Nikki has been a tarot and past life reader for 35 years. She creates custom essential oil blends and flower essences based on the energies of the reading. She also facilitates archetypal embodiment workshops, both online and in person, helping people have a better relationship to their inner realms, their unique energy, and their special magic. Hi, Nikki. Thanks so much for being here today. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it's such a pleasure. Well, I'm just very excited to have a conversation with you about a lot of the great things that we just talked about there. But would you mind getting us started by telling us a bit more about yourself from you? Okay, well, I pretty much became who I am when I was 15 years old. And that's how long I've been reading tarot. And I learned about essential oils by working in a little witchy herb shop and have all that symbolism build up at the same time. But learning to own who I realized I was took more time. And that's usually most of us who, when we have some sort of awakening, then having to own that takes some time. And so I try to help people do that no matter what their age, just let that soul light shine through. (laughs) That's my work. Oh yeah, absolutely. So Tara reading, past life stuff, essential oils, flower essences. I mean, all of these fabulous things that came together as your journey progressed. So what did that look like starting to involve those different elements in your journey and with helping others. So I had a wonderful mentor and without that, I probably would have gone insane because I was in a very toxic Christian family that didn't really put up with anything that wasn't toe in the line. So meeting this beautiful mentor and I worked in her herb shop and it's like out of the blue, I said, I'm into tarot cards and I don't know why I even said that. And shortly after that, she gifted me with the herbal tarot. And so it had all the symbology of herbs along with each card. And there's just something where I definitely have done this in a past life myself, different ways of being a mystic, which is what I've had to own. So it just blossomed from there. It took a lot longer to own the past life readings because I had to overcome my own very healthy skepticism. I have the personal gnosis that took a little more time than the tarot cards did. So it just all blossomed from there. It's like reowning parts of myself that I already had and had to reclaim and remember even on some level. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. So I have a question regarding the past life stuff. So mm-hmm. healthy skepticism, I totally agree with that. I think that's mm-hmm. really important in any yes. of this type of work. So what was the turning point for you? I mean, it must have been pretty incredible. Well, we have to start with the very first experience to give the right context. So I was five years old and I was in the dentist office with my mom and King Tut was on the cover of National Geographic, (laughs) the magazine in the dentist office. And I picked it up and I was looking through it with fascination. And then I burst into tears because everything was broken. Wow. And I was like, that was supposed to be red. And just like I was there and I was seeing it destroyed. And on some, you know, not intellectual level, it was just like a child's reaction, a pure reaction. I was distraught and I knew that I had been in Egypt. And I realized later that I was in there a few different lives. So that's a big part of my soul journey was being there. I'm not the only one by any means. And then later, let's say by the time I was in my early 20s, I had a wonderful group of friends and we were into all this stuff. So we helped each other develop. And plus I've had a lot of training, but we had a collective past life memory. Mm. And that was really something where it opened up the door for me to go there. I can't really explain how. I feel like the Akashic Records are involved, but I don't actively try to do that. It was a traumatic past life. I remembered some really nice ones later, but the one that opened the door was one where we were some sort of Celtic situation and we were sealed off in a hole together. Uh, Yeah, not too pretty. And so because a lot of the past life stuff isn't too pretty, I've had to become more trauma informed. And that just leads to how I've gotten to the archetypal Mm. embodiment, because that was the one way that really helped me overcome. There's so much healing we can do through all these modalities that are, uh, let's say, up and out, which is beautiful. But we eventually have to tend to in and down. And by weaving soul and spirit together, it all started from that. It's hard to put into words as most of this stuff is, but it was magic, frankly. Wow. Okay. So that collective past life experience. See, I love that because I have friends who are in the spiritual community as well, who we were friends first and then kind of had our awakenings. And so many times we'll say, Mm -hmm. we just found each other again in this life. That's all. Like we've had lives together. So I love that because I feel like it validates that feeling that we've already innately knew that we've already known each other before. We just found each other again. That's so beautiful. We actually ended up calling ourselves the reminding. That was one aspect of what we were calling ourselves it was just really powerful to not feel like you're going through yeah. it on your own. And so I try to be that for people too. what my mentors were yeah. for me to the best of my ability. Because sometimes I have the intention that I draw the people to me who are ready for what it is that I do. And it resonates with them because I'm very respectful of how different we all are. And we all resonate differently yeah. with healing modalities and where yeah. we're at. But regardless of the client, I try to foster a self-compassion and radical self-acceptance because we tend to judge ourselves for even having any kind of thing to deal with. And it's strange to me, but I had to go through that myself. So mm. I've definitely got the Chiron wounded healer scenario going. I try to make whatever I went through useful to others in some way. And that was facilitated by me owning the mystic archetype for myself, which isn't an easy thing to do. It's like, who do you think you are? You know, but it was either be a mystic or be an addict. And lots of archetypal expressions are like that. 
will have this energy cluster within our being, and it either has a dormant expression or some sort of distorted type of expression, or it could be developing into a more divine expression, which is Mm. really what the addict on the trajectory to the mystic is. I was never like a full-blown addict, but I could see that I could be if I wasn't tending to spirit. And so we all have something like that. That makes a lot of sense because I feel like I've interviewed a handful of people who used to be addicts and now they are on the spiritual path. So that makes a lot of sense. Can you explain what an archetype is? So the way I use them, they're like primordial energy patterns. Mm. They're like clusters of ideas that people automatically understand on some level because they're part of the collective unconscious wisdom that we can carry and we can tap into more and more. We have a little turned off in our society for a while now, but they're just both within us. Speaking more Jungian, we have the persona and the shadow, the anima and animus, which are very useful. And then we have divine archetypes, which are what we've named as gods and goddesses. And we have like mother and hero and teacher and healer. These Mm. things have an idea cluster. We can tap into them to adjust our own. And we get in there like a moving meditational shamanic journey, Ah. for lack of a better way of putting it. (laughs) We go in to the unconscious and make shifts. Sometimes it can be like lightning, an instantaneous shift, but sometimes it's just a path, a practice of opening the doors and allowing and just accepting. That helps the archetype. Just like seeing that dragon that's there and it comes out. If you don't tend to it, you're going to be like snapping at (laughs) somebody or something. But if you just be like, what's your message? Thank you for trying to help me in my formative years. But now this pattern has become maladaptive. So (laughs) I'm going to give you a different job within the psyche is pretty much the idea here. Mm -hmm. Because the more we try to push these aspects away, they come back like with a roaring vengeance. But if you give that dragon like a hug, you start to see his face turn into like a cute little Pikachu or something. (laughs) You're like, oh, you were just really trying to help me. I see that. I thank you. I love you. But now sit over here and let spirit take the reins. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Are there clues in our lives that may hint at what archetype we're embodying? Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. There's all sorts of them where we can see something like the martyr Mm. in a lot of people, this passive aggressive type of thing. It's just really paying attention and having a symbolic mindset. It opens up so much because then we begin to create the myth of our life along a more intentional way. But we also have to allow. We can't just deny and stuff down what's not pretty. And that gets in the way of seeing our archetypes. That's what we call spiritual bypassing. And I did it in my 20s, too, because I didn't know any better. Mm. And it's also part of the path, too, to just be looking outside of ourselves. It's both and rather than either or. And so by having the both and type of consciousness, we can look at our behavior. We can say, oh, well, that is a martyr and a guide Mm. or a mother, or that is a critic and a teacher. It's like, how is this going to manifest along the lines of what really serves? You have to have a lot of self-compassion and develop it and soul esteem to even start the shadow work required. Because I'm just going to be honest, that healing can hurt worse than the wound sometimes. Having a little bit of guidance, you're less likely to sort of re-traumatize yourself, but you still have to feel those buried things, even if you don't know what the story is. Then you could take that energy that's been misused and Mm -hmm. put it toward claiming and reclaim your authentic power, essence, and soul juice, frankly. (laughs) I like that soul juice. Soul juice. Yeah, and I like (laughs) that idea of taking something like a critic, but then also seeing the compassion in it, like being able to see it from a different perspective. I could see how that can translate into other Mm -hmm. aspects of our life. For instance, like a nagging partner. Well, 
they're nagging because they care or, you know, whatever. I could just see how that can translate into other parts of our life. Mm -hmm. So you work with oils as well. What does that look like incorporating oils in a spiritual journey? Okay, so to me, the essential oils have archetypal energies as well. I can't always put them into words. I'm very intuitive, very attuned to this natural world and the spiritual world. And they tend to speak to me in a way. But after I've done a reading for someone online and they want the personalized oil, I just look at where the trajectories of their energy need, both past life or tarot. It brings up something where it's checks and balances of energy, and I'll know what the energy of the oil is that can help nullify negative what comes up and increase the positive influence or give it a nudge. But the person using it has to work the point, as they say. (laughs) I can make the best magical oil for you, but you have to be the one meditating and doing energy work or what works for Uh, you to just using the aromatherapy of it, frankly, but also that intention And that tuning into, it's like having a dialogue with your higher self and with whatever guides and divine inspire you. Just be like, look, I've been going over and over this pattern and I don't know. I really don't know. Can you move me? Divine move me. Higher self, take the reins just a little bit more. (laughs) Because we tend to have this perfectionistic Mm -hmm. attitude about it. Like we want it all to be solved right away. And sometimes it does. Like I said, sometimes it's like a lightning bolt. But it's generally like an unfolding. And you can affect the unfolding of your mandala or kaleidoscope with a little bit more intention. Because we come here with these soul contracts and things that we are supposed to do and be. And some things are fated and set in stone. Like we are who we are as far as like our race and our family and all that. Yeah. But the things that we have to do aren't set in stone how they manifest. It's like such a kaleidoscope of possibility. And the more we put our spiritual intention aligned with the body wisdom of that soul, I don't leave the body or the lower chakras out because that's a mistake that we fall into. Mm. But it's just all about balance or not. And so tapping into that and the oil is attuned to assisting that. For you, but pretty much you have to have the attitude of curiosity, exploration, and openness. It's like a beginner's mind, as they say. Uh, yeah. And then it's much more effective than saying, Oh, I already know what rosemary's for. Fine. Oh, sure. Totally. But there's always more. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, gosh, there's so many different interpretations and uses for oils, like with crystals and everything. It's just intention, like you said. So you meet them halfway. Here's the oil. You got to do the work. It's not right. just that. And yeah. I always seek to offer practical words with little practices involved. I don't just say, oh, yep, you have this wound. Okay, good luck. Um, you <laughs> yeah. know, I give them a series of perspectives and ideas mm. and affirmations and something to move the energy, which is what it's about. It's mm. about moving the energy in a new way or moving energy or just weaving your wisdom into it a little bit more. And we, sometimes we have to uncover that wisdom and discern these conditionings that I've taken on what is guidance and useful and what is just something that's done from wounded people and it doesn't match your soul and it isn't serving and we all get stuck in that it's a worthy journey though yeah it really is and once you step on just don't step off because sometimes it'll feel like oh i'm progressing and then oh this is not doing anything it's just sticking with the exploration exploring different modalities yes but keeping the intention of letting your soul and spirit be united in your 
body, mind, heart, however words speak to you to channel in that extra energy that's beyond yourself. I call it the divine. Other people get tweaked out about that. (laughs) I do work with people who are sort of atheists because it's all about the symbology and the psychology Uh of it works just as well, really, because we are meant to be different. We're not all supposed to be the same. And that's my other big message with my North Node and Aquarius. It's like having that good, weird online is going to be a gift for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love that. Have you noticed that no matter how hard you try to release attachments, heal traumas, and change your life, you still feel as if you don't belong? There is a reason and a solution for this. Join award-winning actor, comedian, and best-selling author Kyle Cease and learn how to immerse yourself in a new way of being at From Lonely to Free, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. So you mentioned your intuition. Can you share your definition of what intuition is? It's the knowing beyond the interfere and conditioning. Spontaneous. It's related to instinct, but it's a little bit more. Instinct is like the first consciousness. And let's say we have second and third evolutions of consciousness. And intuition is the automatic of the Mm. next levels of consciousness. That's how I define it. Ooh, that's wonderful. The automatic knowing underneath the conditioning of fear. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's wonderful. Who or what do you think is on the other side of that intuition? Well, it's a mystery and some things I just allow to be a mystery, but we'll have certain symbols that speak to us, like definitely the higher self, just a part of yourself that knows more and that can tap into guides that know more. But I don't actually know what they are. I just recognize the energies. I meditate for 45 minutes to an hour a day because it helps me tap into that and just be less of a wondering if this is it sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But I also say you can feel a real yes if you feel it here, here and Mm. here which I'm touching into the Dantian center or womb space. You don't have to be female or have a womb, but it's that creative center. If you can feel your yes aligned in all three centers, that's one sign of a full yes, I call it. (laughs) But that takes some time too. So like forehead, heart, and then... Third eye, heart, and Dantian center or lower seat of the soul. Got it. But at the same time, that requires a little bit of sifting through because we also tend to store a lot of that stuck energy down there. So that's part of the exploration, Mm. especially in the lower seat of the soul, because we tend to malign a lot of things that are just like the body and humanity. And it's like, I don't know about you, but I'm not trying to transcend my humanity while I'm here. I'm trying to bring the spirit into life and have it work and help others and touch that collective mandala outward pow. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great because I know people are trying to either transcend humanity while others are trying to bring the spirit into our lives. So I think it's great teamwork because it's got to meet somewhere. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with uh, trying to transcend the limitations as long as you realize that you're still having kindness in your inner world. I mean, that's one yeah. marker. But here's the thing. We're all going to transcend humanity eventually. So we're here for a reason. That's how I look <laughs> yeah. at it. So it's like weaving spirit into soul, into matter and revering mm-hmm. the earth that leads to that. That leads to how we view yeah. the earth and take care of it how we view physical matter mm-hmm. which i find consciousness to be in everything oh, yeah and a lot of people are like what i mean it's not the same as our consciousness but there's something think of how huge the universe is and i feel like that <laughs> we are spirit experiencing itself i agree my definition yeah. evolves but that's how i'm feeling it right now yeah it's very sacred and we're all very sacred 
Yeah. They were flossum. <laughs> <laughs> I, love I didn't that. come up with that word. I forget where I heard it, but I like that is so perfect. Flossom. I love it. It is. It's very perfect. So I wanted to ask, because you mm-hmm. talked about spirit world and working with spirit. Can you share a story where you've had a profound experience with spirit? Yeah, there's so many, but I'll start with how I got my mystical name, Tatiara. Okay. So I was digging for crystals in Arkansas (laughs) and I dug what's known as a record keeper crystal. Mm -hmm. It's where there's a 3D raised triangle on one of the facets. And that's supposed to be a link to the Akashic records. Uh And it was interestingly shaped or it had a flat edge. I put it on my third eye and it was almost like a unicorn horn. That was the edge. And I was deep in meditation with that crystal because I was trying to tap into the record keeper, see what this jazz is all about, right? Yeah. (laughs) And after I got into an altered state, it was really interesting. And then this Mm. voice with all this blue light said, you are Tatiara. To tell you the truth, I have goosebumps now. It almost felt like a future life in a way. It was very otherworldly and it was just like, I just love the way that sounds, even though that word exists. It's like a town in Australia yeah. and it is a name, but I had never heard it. It was very beyond my regular consciousness, even though it's a yeah. mystery how it happens. And I say it's okay to let some things be a mystery because we can't really explain them. We can only allow them and receive sure. the message. Oh, that's beautiful. So you said you felt yeah. it came from a blue energy? Yeah. <laughs> oh. And then there was also a shower of white shiny sparkles too. That was first. Wow. Yeah, that's all I can say about that. <laughs> <laughs> so are you clairvoyant? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm psychic. Not all readers are. Yeah. Um, I have definitely had clear audience as well, but it's not always mm-hmm. the same how it manifests. Sure. And I say that my tarot cards are my way of filtering down that infinite sometimes. Um, so I've done reading for people without cards. Um, this one lady said, cards are dumb. I'm like, okay, here we go. She'd already paid. So I'm like, here we go without <laughs> cards. It just makes it something for me to get out of the way and sure. just start talking. Yeah. I always have my first three cards before I want to know their issue. I don't want to know anything. And I have the first uh, three cards as yeah. a more pure message. And it's almost always right on with what they want. But then after that, I invite a question. Not everybody does. It's definitely something that has developed. And I've had a lot of training in that. I've been very lucky of having people who were just some of them published authors and stuff like that. I'm very grateful Mm. because lots of us who have that Aquarian thing happening didn't have a lot of support. I mean, I have like Pisces in the 12th house. You just have to find a way to allow that eventually. I feel like those doors have been opening up. There's something more than just this daily grind. There's just something more. They want to be inspired and have some meaning and substance to their world, which to me, that's the highest thing is to be following that soul calling, frankly. Yeah, that's how I like to do my readings too for people. I like to tell them, I'm just going to let spirits say what they've been wanting to tell you now that you're here. And then if we don't answer your questions, then we can get to them because I'm the same. I'm like, I I don't want to be swayed or anything. I just want (laughs) to get it all out for you. Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that. So you mentioned that you were brought up in a Christian household. What was it like for you to go from that to finally living your 
truth. It's funny. I actually wrote an essay in this book called Goodbye Jesus, I've Gone Home to Mother. And it's about pagans and witches and anybody else who just Mm. were Christians. I detailed how I drank the Kool-Aid when I was really young. I had my little white shawl, patent shoes, my little Bible. But I had this anxiety and fear about going to hell, frankly. Mm. And I've had these fears of nightmares about fire. But I also think that was from being burned at the stake in a past life. Yeah, I agree with that. that. Plus, it's in our ancestral memory regardless. Mm. So I tried, you know, I really tried. And I tried to make it work for me. But by 10, I was done. And then I became very angry with the regular teenage anger and the mystical side of like heavy metal and all that. Helped me chip away at that mountain of rage that was justifiably for me when I had my hair chopped off against my will. Had to go to Jesus camp and all that kind of stuff. It's like, I can't carry that type of rebel around. It was useful, Mm. but now it's a sacred rebel. It's a Mm. love-aligned sacred warrior. Because if you walk around with those older expressions of those archetypes, no matter how justified that anger, it drains your vital forces, frankly. And so having to upgrade that, and I still love being able to tap into that music if I'm angry or something. I'm a human being, right? Yeah. I was always drawn to the more mystical brands, circles and rings, dragons and kings Mm. and all that. And then it just led to, well, I was be feeling these energies when I'd be out in nature and just learning to own and follow. And I always had the mystical bent. And then if I hadn't met the lady who was the herbalist, I really don't know what would have happened, quite frankly, but Mm -hmm. that was the door for me to just start owning who I was. It's hard when you have to have that rejection energy from such core people as your family, because I was always pretty good at not caring as much about what people thought about my expression, my clothes, my hairstyle, all that kind of stuff. That's all related to that. If it's part of your soul and not just not conforming for the sake of it, it's just like, I'm just trying to be who I am and being told, why can't you just be normal? It's like, because that wounds my soul to try to do that. I already Mm -hmm. tried that. And so it's just a matter of owning what's the higher reason for me being so innately different. What's the higher reason? How can I use this and own something that's sacred and divine and not just rebellion without... Rebel without a cause? I don't want to say cause, but without a good effect. <laughs> rebel without, without a good effect. effect. <laughs> you know, it's the other side of that. So how do I turn this into something where, okay, this all had a reason. Mm-hmm. And it did in the end. I totally chose that, which that's not to condone, but when you get to the point of acceptance, it's like, hey, it made me deeper, but I don't condone yeah. that behavior. Yeah. <laughs> so here I am, fully yeah. owning it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness, because the world needs Nikki. Yes. The world needs Tatiana. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I wanted to ask you, going back to the past life stuff, and you had mentioned these pretty traumatic experiences. Why do you think that when we are brought to past lives? Because, you know, lots of us have probably have had hundreds, maybe thousands, but there's only Mm -hmm. certain ones that we're taken to. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that is? Well, first of all, when I'm doing a past life reading, I have the consciousness keys and the intention set that the past life will come forward that has the pattern that's ready to shift, Ah. that will be of use to the person. That is my full intention. And it works every time. And it's showing where there's a pattern that doesn't have a logical cause, helping them to get in there and realize, okay, sometimes just knowing it helps. Mm -hmm. I also just want to reiterate that I don't do past life regressions. That's where you're led in. I am the one who goes in and then I convey and read 
So I feel like you could totally tap into a past life that only serves to re-traumatize, I guess. But I have Mm. definitely, through just the training of how to hone in on the right one for the person, and I'm tapping into their energy. I really am. I do video readings, and I've done them on the phone and even by email. And I can still tap into the energy because it's non-physical. That's how. The intention to get the right life forward. Got it. What is your preparation like before doing a reading? Okay, so I do set out all my cards and crystals and I have my third eye oil (laughs) that I made with a serious spell. I'm alive, I'm awake, I'm aware. And I put that on my third eye. They're just consciousness keys, really. That's really non-physical as well. Mm. But I like to bring it down so that I live in the symbolic mindset. And I just kind of set it all out. And like I said, I do meditate every day. I skip a day, but I never skip two days, hardly ever, just because it's too much of a thing that gets me there. Consciousness keys. That's the only way I know how to put it as I set those up, crystals Mm. and incense and all that. But I don't actually need it. If you were to just do like a switch Mm -hmm. in your mind's eye, could you go from us having a conversation like this to tapping into a past life for me? Yeah, I mean, I could do a three card mini reading for you doing that because I use Mm. my cards for the past life as well. Ah. So I could do that. I could do like a three card mini reading for you if you want. If energetically feel okay with that, I think it could be really interesting for the listener to to witness. I do say give me just a second here. Of course. And I'm turning the dial to True North here. Beautiful. (laughs) And tell me what serves. So there is a nothing less than a spiritual quest from a past life for you. And you are a warrior for this thread of truth. I almost feel like you really worked with animal spirits in a past life, almost like you would become a crow and fly above the trees and have astral projections. And I think that you were, I don't know if you would call it a shaman. I just don't know what these words are specifically, but you were definitely a healer and a seer. And I'm feeling it almost like a Native American thing, but I'm not 100% sure. It could be Mongolian thing. I don't know. But you had to fight to be that in the end. And you kind of had to change who you were because of danger. But that thread is still with you. And that thread inspires you forward. Like your soul calling was almost like a shapeshifter that shows that things aren't always what they seem. And there's so much more. And you're a warrior for that truth now. And that thread pulls you forward, your past self and your future self both. And you're in the middle. And by owning that you can travel beyond this plane in some way, it may not be the same now, but it's coming up because you might have to fight for that again in some way, just within yourself even, because we often have these warring factions within ourselves. But if you follow that thread of, I already know, and I know that I know. At the same time, knowing that you don't know anything. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So by having that paradox inside, the knowledge is already there and you're not going to be punished for it again this life. That's the message. Mm. It's not going to happen that way again. So re-own it a little bit more. And there's always more. No matter how much we've reclaimed, there's always a little bit more. Being that spiritual warrior for altered states of consciousness that serve. (laughs) That's it. You're still there. Wow. So that resonates on so many levels for me. So thank you so much (laughs) to tell you. So I definitely feel a very strong warrior strength this life that I've recently found again. So that really resonates for me. You mentioned a crow. Every time I see all the murder of crow around my house, I always say hi to them because I know that they're there for me. 
I know it's selfish, but they're there for me. They are. And I acknowledge them and I get really excited when I see them. Even if I see one by itself, I acknowledge it. So the crows have been pertinent as well. And then knowing that I'm safe, that's huge because I know I have had past lives of persecution of living my truth. So it took me a little bit of time Mm -hmm. this life to finally say, I don't give a fuck anymore. (laughs) I am just going to speak my truth. I'm going to bring people on here to speak their truth. And that's why we're here. So all of that resonates and it's very validating for me. So thank you so much. Oh, that was wonderful. Thank you. And thank you to the ones who just told me all that. Yes. I've also been told that if you want to tap here a lot, whenever, Mm. you know, sometimes we have those moments of that fear of really expressing the truth. Sure. If you tap into that, literally put all your energy and focus there. Like if you're going to get a million dollars to have everything right there. Okay. Like at the base of my neck. Right. It's a link between the heart and the throat. So you speak with love, Mm. your unencumbered, authentic truth, and it goes through the wisdom and out and you communicate and connect with people. That's like the affirmation or the intention there. Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you for giving me something that I can use as I continue. Sure. I always try to do that. Sometimes we need just a little something to click back to maybe the insight we felt, but as humans, we need reminders. Yeah. We really do. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, gosh, Nikki, I am just so loving being in your presence. I mean, we're virtual, but still I can feel your energy and I'm absolutely loving it because I feel you living your truth. I feel you embodying whatever happened in a past life to who you are now. Like the witch bond, the the sisterhood that I feel with you feels really strong and incredible right now. Like I'm getting hot. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Yeah. I don't know. It's like we found each other again or something. I don't know, but it's just so excited to connect with you in a weird way again, I guess. So I don't really know where I'm going with this other than I just had to say that. (laughs) Thank you. Because it's good for me to hear because I've had a re-leveling up of that reclaiming myself. Like Mm. I said, there's always a little bit more. And so thank you for saying that you can feel that I embody that because that means a lot to me because it's all different things where we're knocked off our path Mm -hmm. and we just got to get back on. So thank you. And I feel it too. I feel that your energy. It is so good when people are receptive and they have the same thing going on for themselves. That's why there's that feeling there. So it's like, may we continue to expand our mandala and our the kaleidoscope outward to touch the collective in all ways that serve. That's my big prayer here for this oh, moment. That's so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's wonderful. Speaking of the collective, I was wondering to help wrap up our interview. Sure. Do you happen to have a message for the listener, a timeless message for the time that they hear this episode. Yes. And it is that the more that you claim that essence of you and the more you uncover that and reminder, you're not trying to become something that you're not only uncover what you really are. And that serves the collective more than anything. Beautiful. Yes. Thank you. I always love it too, because I feel like every time I ask the guests for a message, it was literally the underlying theme of the whole discussion. <laughs> love it. You're so spirit driven and just such an intuitive, beautiful woman. I'm just so thankful to have had you here with me and to do that reading for me. Thank you so much. My pleasure. I really appreciate you. So thank you. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about what matters to me so much. And I really appreciate the platform to give it out. I need that. So uh, (laughs) yes, you're welcome. And thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And that was another episode of a guided life podcast. 
to connect with me via my socials or for links to my book titled Guided or my card deck called From Your Spirit Guides, please visit my Linktree site at l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash guided west. Thanks so much for tuning in. And until next time, love and light always. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.